0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Snapshot, episode 46. I'm Brendan Patrick, joined always by Marvel Snap Phenom, KM Best. KM, we dropped the pod last week, and immediately the Mobius nerf was reverted. I think, (laughs) yeah, definitely the, the worst case of um the main pod topic being basically completely irrelevant as soon as the pod dropped luckily it wasn't because we kind of talked broadly about the change and the philosophy of the change but uh it was actually while i was uploading it to youtube and i was like are you kidding me um but still ultimately probably a win for the marvel snap community as a whole uh what are your thoughts on on the change
1: uh well done Big fan. Enjoyable. I like that it got nerfed and I like that they didn't completely demolish it the way they originally did. I think it's the kind of counterplay that should exist in the game. I think nerfing it the way they did originally was a big mistake. I'm glad that they undid that mistake. I'm even more glad. I I honestly kind of expected you to come in here with the entire show notes being the patch notes that they released, because I think that is just ripe meat for you, like and and for what this podcast tends to talk about. We tend to like end up talking about, you know, the intersection of monetization and competitive play (laughs) a decent amount of the time. And that is you know, I guess you'd call it like an apology was really striking to me. And I, I'm honestly surprised that you didn't start there. But as far as the change, yeah, I am a fan of the Mobius change. It kind of sucks now, which <laughs> is good because uh, every comment I saw was like, oh, enjoy Zabu for the one week. Oh, we had one week of a good meta. I can't believe it. I can't play Mr. Negative anymore. And uh yeah, Mobius is not around. You you can play Mr. Negative. It's okay. What
0: are you, What are your thoughts on um, Second Dinner responding to community feedback the way they did? Because you know they are more transparent than I guess some other companies in the space. However, you'd like to define that. With Glenn frequently answering questions on Discord, um, there seems to be a bridge between the community and Second Dinner. But in terms of them actually, you know, reverting a major change or I guess adjusting a card because it was suggested by the community. I don't know if that's happened yet. Usually they're a data-driven company, but it seems like they came out with this nerf, the community responded very negatively, and they actually walked it back and like you said went forward with that apology. Kind of sets an interesting precedent that they I don't know, it's a it's a level of respect that I wasn't um I wasn't necessarily Expecting per se from second dinner towards the community, because I do think overall the initial Mobius change and the initial Mobius nerf was just a big fat L kind of all across the board. Maybe in terms of game balance it was okay, but I mean, you know, like we talked about in last week's pod in terms of monetization and where that card sort of fit in the meta, it came at a dubious time for sure.
1: Yeah. So I think that. Their apology for it was a like in terms of things they could do to make up for it immediately. I think saying, yeah, we beefed it on Loki and Elsa. We beefed it on Mobius. Here's why. Here's why it won't happen again. And also, we're going to announce the Mobius change in advance of the She-Hulk bundle and explicitly tell you we do not do balancing based on bundles. Like, fuck off. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. I think it's probably a good thing. It's about as much as I could have asked of them, is what I would say.
0: Yeah, definitely is a step in the right direction for building that confidence back with with the uh, the customer base and the players. Anyway, there was other cards changed on the OTA here. So For anybody that doesn't know, Mobius M. Mobius was previously a 2-3, and it said, well, this was after the nerf that didn't last very long. It said, on reveal, until the end of your next turn, your cost can't be increased and your opponent's cost can't be reduced. And it was reverted, uh, but it was increased by one cost, so it is now a 3-3, and it says ongoing, so not non unreveal. it's an ongoing, your cost cannot be increased, your opponent's cost cannot be reduced. So this, this card is very prevalent in the meta prior to the nerf. Um, but like you said, now that it's been re-reverted and increased by one additional cost, it is not seeing as much play. So it is uh, it has the benefit Hold on, of
1: I want to I want to I want to I want to address something. Right. Because like part of the reason it was very popular in the meta prior to the nerf was because it was being very hard carried by Angela and Elsa. Mm-hmm. And those cards are just cards that want bodies in their lanes. And especially Elsa doesn't really care what those bodies are. And you end up not paying a cost for including a card like that in your deck. And now Angela and Elsa both got nerfed previously. I honestly wonder if they could have just knocked a power off Mobius and it would have been fine as opposed to adding a cost to it. Like, I, I think people really underestimate just how much... That metagame was defined by Elsa Bloodstone and by Angela and how it didn't matter what the other cards in your deck were as long as they were good enough to impact, you know, some of the matchups that you saw. So there was a ton of Luke Cage. There was a ton of Mobius. It was the perfect card for that metagame, but I honestly don't know if it's very good outside of that context. I think a lot of people look at the three and they say, oh, that's why it's bad now, because, you know, you're competing with, you know, Rockslide in a dark hawk deck or, you know, you're Werewolf by Night. And they're like, yes, you are. But I do kind of wonder if this card would be fine as like a
0: 2-2. Do you think that the additional cost increase is a bit too steep?
1: Uh, it, it, I can't think of a deck where I actually want to play him. Like, it's it's hard for me to think of a deck where I'm like, yep, I'm excited to play Mobius in here. It's 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 really hard for me to think of that. Now, I don't think they're ever going to change him again. Like, I think at this point you just leave him where he is. But uh, yeah, it's definitely an interesting thought where it's like, man, did was this just all Elsa's fault all along?
0: hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about last week, I mean, cards that overstayed their welcome a bit and Elsa and Loki probably fall into that category. And yeah, I mean, they're Most likely was, or at least it feels like it from the outside looking in, that there was some cards that died for the sins of those cards, right? Um, We did, it it felt like we were nerfing around those cards for for quite a while, Uh, whether that's true or not. uh, On the player side, it definitely looked like that as we progressed week to week. Anyway, progress, going through this OTA, Doctor Strange, uh, previously a 3 3, says, On reveal, move your highest power card. Uh, to this location is now a two three. Um, the next the next few OTAs here are actually very relevant. So I just want to do we, do we need a pause on Doctor Strange? Any changes here? Is it fitting into any decks as a two three?
1: Ah, uh, it's it's one of those changes that I wish happened like four months ago, mm-hmm. back when the deck could still play wave. Like back in the day, if I had a Doctor Strange to pair with wave on five. Back when she still restricted opposing plays, I think that could have actually made move a legitimate deck. And now it's like, man, I really wish they did that. But I just don't know how much of a difference it makes if you're not an early pool move gamer. If you are an early pool move gamer, I think it's a pretty significant buff, actually.
0: Mm. Interesting. All right. The next one, <laughs> Shang-Chi. So Shang-Chi is a 4-3 and it says on reveal or previously said on reveal destroy all enemy cards in this location that have nine or more power it has been changed. Still a 4-3 it says yeah, that destroy clause only applies to cards that are 10 or more power. And we saw a few changes to cards after this, which we'll go over, um, basically changing their power from nine to 10 so that they will be hit by Shang-Chi. Why do you think that they made this change specifically, or maybe they said it, but what are your thoughts behind it?
1: There are two things that I think are worth pointing out here. The first is that the new premium stat line as a like pushed five drop is going to be nine, Mm -hmm. right? And what I mean by that is something like vision or legion. They were very close to the max power you could get while being invulnerable to Shang-Chi, which is important out of your five drops because you don't want them to die. Now, the second Is that it sort of frees them up in that way because five drops now can actually be nine as opposed to like previously you just kind of wouldn't play a lot of five drops that were nine because of the amount of Shang-Chi in the metagame. I think it frees them up to do six drop design in a different way, too, where they can now make six drops bigger. Mm -hmm. Right. Because what it effectively does to me is add an extra power to like every big card. I, I don't know why it feels like that to me, but like that's the intuitive connection I make, which is, oh, Shang-Chi's aiming one higher. Can we make Hulk a 613 then? Like uh, the, the, this is just an interesting like the breakpoints are different now. And I feel like you need to be more rewarded for playing a card that is vulnerable to Shang-Chi now. Uh, does that make sense?
0: It does make sense. Because so-
1: now. Y- yeah. Okay.
0: I would say my biggest question is if they made this change as from sort of a macro perspective to uh, you know open up design a bit more so that they can push those numbers a bit higher, or was it specifically just the to target Shang Chi and make Shang Chi weaker? Because while they did change some other cards to so now be you know reach this power, uh this power threshold of ten. Shang-Chi on the aggregate is now weaker, right? So like cards that were yeah are not X tens that are used to be getting buffs. So like previous Angela, right? You'd be you'd be dancing your Angela around the Shang-Chi, you might dance your hit monkey around the Shang Chi, just like cards that you would be giving buffs to, whether it's for Surfer, or whether it's to an Angela effect, whatever, you were oftentimes keeping in mind something like Shang Chi's nine power threshold and trying to play around that. That going up to ten is a is a a significant nerf in some cases depending how the power increments sort of stack up it is a significant nerf to shang chi which i th- i feel like card the cards they've they've kind of wanted to nerf i mean they've talked about um in a sense yeah. how they're not super fond of these these tech cards that just fit into every single deck
1: i think there's a prevailing sense that there's some cards that are just less fun to play against than others and Shang-Chi, Enchantress to a lesser extent, Professor X, Alioth. These are those cards. Now, I would say Shang-Chi is the least offensive of them because it does such a good and important job at keeping impor- keeping things in check in a real way. But this allows it to still keep things in check while making it a little bit weaker. I think it's just overall very smart. A good call, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I think the canary in the coal mine was. Do you remember when we had Glenn on, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I'm so glad that Loki inverted the paradigm and made Shang Chi bad, right?" Yes. I and do. then within a month and a half, we were all playing Shang Chi in our Loki decks, and it was like, "Ah, shit." I I, I would guess that that is, I, I would guess that that is the proximate cause, where it was just like. Oh, man. Well, we had a little bit of peace from this guy, but now it's become abundantly clear that if the Loki decks are playing him, too, it's just like, okay, we should probably do something about the actual card. Shang-Chi, our big meta switch up in the form of Loki, did not actually get rid of him at all. And so it's time to do something about it. That would be my guess as to like how that process went down internally i'm guessing they had some stuff templated already because you they'd probably have to be really stupid to have not considered nerfing shang chi in the past and i'm guessing they just were like all right you know it's time to pull the trigger
0: and one thing I want to point out as well, is this the first OTA nerf that we've gotten where they were able to change the card text and not just the card values? Because previously, from what yes. we understood, yeah, OTAs were uh, limited to well, some technological Well, With chi
1: they did just change the card text. They did just change the card values.
0: Yeah, so 10 and more. So I'm mostly referring to Mobius here. Was that the first Yeah,
1: Mobius? They specifically mentioned this is a new functionality. They're not super confident in it, but they felt like it was the right time to try it out. Uh, But we shouldn't expect it in the future Mm -hmm. as like a major thing. This is like something they were not very confident in. They were pretty sure they could make it work, but it's not something they want to do all the time. I think Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know anything about the back end there. But that is my impression.
0: Yeah, it, it, that, that makes absolutely no sense to me, but I'll just, I'll go with it. it. makes no <laughs> sense to me either. I, but I, I, I don't know. They would know, I don't. All right, some other cards that were changed. So She-Hulk was a 6-9, is now a six ten. 10 Warpath was a 4-5 to get plus four. So it would have been a 4-9, but now it gets plus five. Um, so it's a four ten. subject to Shang-Chi. Jessica Jones as well. Jessica Jones has changed to a 4-5. Um, it, it does dodge that shang Chi's value because it is now a 4-9 when it triggers its effect. So that's relevant. Um, the monster yep. that pops out of... Monster World is no longer a six nine; it is a six ten. Monster Island, Island. sir. <laughs> Monster Island, yeah. Monster World, um, not quite a Monster World. Monster Island; it is a six ten, so it can't be hit by shang Chi. And then we have Strongman. So Strongman was previously a four so four.
1: Strongman.
0: I'm just messing with you at this point. <laughs> 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 All right, strong guy four four, and it said ongoing. If you have, if uh, your hand is empty, get plus six power. It is now a three three. And it says if your hand is empty, get plus six power. So Dodger Shang-Chi, minus one cost. An iconic card for you, KM. What are your thoughts?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, he still kind of sucks. <laughs> so, like, I saw this and I was like, oh, he's like a good stat line now. And the issue is he kind of sucks because you're never actually going to get it. You ever play a strong guy deck and then they play Loki? and then and then they 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 activate your strong guy easier than you and then you never play a strong guy deck again yeah and that, that's pretty much how it goes well
0: what's funny is that you just asked you asked the question have you ever played a strong guy deck and my answer was legitimately no never i have never played a strong ah, guy well, deck.
1: well if you do it what will happen is a loki will activate your strong guy easier than you and make you feel like an idiot
0: i've uh, i've rolled him on district x and he's been trash <laughs> That's about the, extent of, that's the that's the extent of my strong guy, my strong guy experience. All right. Miss Marvel came out. Uh, the season pass card is a four or five says ongoing adjacent locations where your cards have unique costs, have plus five power. What's been your experience with this card uh, post-release game?
1: She's really good. I think that there's a fun dynamic with her where she gets worse, the better your opponents are. Which is like the inverse of Loki, right? Where like Loki scales with play skill; the better you get at playing with it, the better it is. But Miss Marvel, it's inverted because play skill scales with MMR, and your opponents are going to be better able to deal with what she's doing and better able to understand how to deal with it. Whereas if you're in Pool One, isn't she just like the best card in the game? <laughs> like, if you're playing like Pool One Spectrum, she's busted dude she's unbelievable and i think that's just fun because like we've seen the issues with the kind of gameplay that say a loki generates at the top end of mmr and at the bottom end of mmr and now we have a card that's like the complete opposite it's just like just dumb stats so the worse your MMR is, the better she is. <laughs> and I think that's a fun and interesting dynamic, but I imagine it must be like a huge headache for a developer to have to think about like, oh my God, okay, so now we've, we've we've made the opposite problem, right? Is there, like, there's no card that linearly scales with skill, I guess. There's no card that's like exactly as good. Actually, you know what? That's a lie. There is. Which one? A card that is exactly as good in like pool two as it is in... Pool 5 is like Nebula, right? They've done it before, but... I think this one this was just fun because we've had like Elsa and Loki which scaled with play skill very heavily and now we have a card that like scales the opposite of play skill you just put her in the middle and it's like aha I'm a 415 and she's she's, like really good there and I kind of wonder if they're like like I think I tend to group her in like that Nebula range of okay season pass cards as opposed to the Loki Elsa range of decidedly not okay season pass cards okay but I kind of wonder if like maybe that's just because you know i'm playing in high infinite where she's you know a fine to good card but certainly not busted
0: yeah i felt like nebula at least when nebula came out was pretty good um yeah 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 so maybe maybe she's on par with nebula it's it's interesting to think about season pass cards there was actually a comment on youtube that was like breaking down all the season pass cards and it pointed out how many had been buffed or nerfed and it was uh the vast majority of them which you know we had spoken about do you think that this is a card that might uh might not be nerfed or buffed in the next two months.
1: If it is, it's like a small numbers change type deal. Like she goes from being a 415 to a 414 or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's, like, she's, balanced. she's balanced. Yeah, like she's fine. I think she's basically fine where it's like, yeah, you know, she's a big card with big numbers on it. But this is one of the things that I... I'm kind of impressed with them doing Mm -hmm. is they've made a lot of just cards that are really big numbers that are genuinely actually balanced. And it's like, that's kind of impressive, actually. Like when you think about the two most recent cards in Marvel Snap, it's like, whoa, it's a 315 and a 415. But I don't think either of them are particularly imbalanced. Honestly, Werewolf or Miss Marvel. I think Werewolf is closer to being imbalanced, Mm -hmm. but it's like not that bad. You know? Yeah. It's a good card. We, very good card. We, One of the best scaling threats in the game. But we've had scaling threats in the game before, you know?
0: Yeah, we went through a few months there of cards just having the most insane stat lines where it wasn't even a question yeah. of them, them being. Yeah, the like best. three
1: five Loki, ridiculous. Elsa, ridiculous, right? And like those were imbalanced uh two fifteens and three forty sevens or whatever. But these are like, you know, and like they're pushed. But they're pushed within reason, like it's the same way Nebula can be like a one seven or whatever, right? Like it's definitely above rate and it's exciting and it's unique. And I think that's good.
0: I think with Miss Marvel, you have to jump, you have to jump through hoops for power, where with um, Elsa Bloodstone, you were technically doing it, but the deck was just it was also they just underestimated what the hoops were. Exactly. It's too easy, right? Loki, Loki, basically no hoops. Um, And yeah, I think this is a card where you can attain a a very high stat line of 415, but you are significantly limiting your choices in deck building and how you're deploying your threats on the location potentially. So um, yeah, I think it's a balanced 415 for as crazy as that might sound. I I know it sounds weird, but she's a balanced
1: 415. It's it's messed up. One card I am sad for, though, is Claw. Like, I do think that sucks that she just power creeps the hell out of Claw. That sucks.
0: Yeah, mm, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess she does. Eh? <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I, that does make me sad. Like, she's she just kind of ruins what I think is a unique facet of the game in, in my boy Claw. It makes me sad.
0: What are your thoughts? Or I know it's early days now because we're early into the week, but how do you feel about a balanced season pass card versus you know, something that might be higher power level for not from a macro perspective where, you know, you're giving your commentary as like this, a podcaster or a streamer, but like from a it just a pure enjoyment. It doesn't shake up the meta quite as much. Do you feel like this is the appropriate power level you would like to see on season pass cards moving forward? Is it, is it fun enough? Is it cool? Is it unique enough?
1: Oh, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I've already kind of stopped playing with her.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: I, I never, I bought her.
0: Never made a deck with her, not gonna lie. I'm I'm a super I'm a I... super D Gem in that sense. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna be honest with you. It's like okay, I she's cool, but I I like I'm exploring other stuff now because I'm trying to push things as far as I can. And I think one of the things about Miss Marvel, I will say, there is one shell that is very underexplored with her that I really want to explore. And I think I'm getting a chance to do it with Gladiator. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it is. It is the curve of Miss Marvel into Leech into Doctor Doom.
0: I want to do that. Okay, sure. Your your opponent will love that. <laughs>
1: Well, I just think it's like, okay. look, I'm going to play 30 power, which means I have a free slot on five. And the other thing I would do on five is like put one big guy or on the board or something, right? Like Miss Marvel Vision, Doctor Doom is the same kind of thing. But like if I have to put one big guy on the board, like if it's Dino or like a utility guy like Legion, I feel like I'd rather just play Leech or Vision, right? Mm. And so doing something like that is like, actually kind of exciting just being like all right so here's my curve it's jeff gladiator miss marvel vision doom or like jeff uh polaris miss marvel vision doom you know what i mean like that i things like that where like our fives are vision and leech our four is miss marvel we have doom at the top and i'm just kind of interested in seeing what that kind of deck can look like right now yeah i'd imagine what it looks like is losing horribly to Loki, <laughs> though so what can you do
0: Mm. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, I'm keen to see if, if you if you pull it off, we'll, we can recap it. But let's let's head to the bend and snap section. So we have a comment here from Joshido Brown. They say, I don't have a question. I'm still going to read it out and say, I'm just here to say the Destroyer should get his 16th point of power back. Red Skull should probably get his 15th back, but ain't happening anytime soon. Lamau. This is actually our most upvoted comment. I mean, a lot of people seem to agree that Destroyer should get his 16th back and Red Skull should get the 15th back. I just want to get your commentary on those potential buffs.
1: Destroyer. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Red Skull is the premier Shuri target. And as such, probably should not get that 15th power back. Right. We talk so much about the way to combat Shuri being very straightforwardly flip the Red Skull lane, especially now that something like Sauron exists. The power of Red Skull is the most important thing in that deck. If Red Skull starts being an instant win again, that deck just becomes really annoying. And so I do think that you want to be way more careful with something like Red Skull than you do with something like Destroyer. Like just generally speaking, a card that is already seeing a lot of play in top decks is much harder to justify the free buff for than a card that like basically sucks like Mm. destroyer which like with all due respect to destroyer yeah totally he'd get his power back i totally think he should get his power back red skull's a bit of a different story
0: red skull red skull sure is such a fine line because as soon as it gets past that threshold it just automatically starts math checking every deck and if you aren't able to flip that lane it just it feels so bad to play against um yes and we've been there before like (laughs) we
1: have like once once that math check starts happening, it's like, OK, this sucks. So be careful with that. I do think generally there's a bunch of old nerfs they could probably revert. Captain Marvel can be a four or five right now, especially after Miss Marvel being out, like
0: especially
1: after Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel can be a four or five.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think they should just revert all the bounce nerfs to bring back that deck. It's my favorite deck. Um, but unfortunately, remember when Beast was a two two? what an insane card. <laughs> I know, and it's it's so freaking good and playable at, a, at, at a current rate, 3-4, so... Um,
1: I mean, to be fair, when the 3-4 nerf came down, I was like, I don't think this is actually a nerf, and I was right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, the next one here is from Mix and Love. They say, I think one reason the season pass cards get nerfed uh, the most often is because play rate is one of the metrics Second Dinner uses for nerfs. I just, I wasn't aware that, I mean, I'm sure that they do to an extent but i don't think is play rate like how important is that in the equation of if something gets nerfed surely win rate is higher weighted right i'm sure that the day find- play
1: rate is an important part of understanding the context but i think reading that that way would require like for what that person has typed My impression is they seem to think that Second Dinner is composed of entirely morons because you would have to be an actual moron to not consider confounding variables in play rate like that. Like if you think that second dinner is just looking at play rate stats and win rate stats on snap fan and pointing out how, who to nerf based on that, I just don't know what to tell you. On They're snap very fan. clearly a little bit more sophisticated than that. And they very clearly would understand that you have to control for the amount of How many people own the card? That's very, very obvious, like the first thing you control for when looking at it, they would have to be incompetent on a level that I genuinely do not think is possible in order for that to be the issue. The reason season pass gets so much balance attention is because they very clearly want it to be an exciting and good card season pass cards tend to get pushed a little bit further in development is my theory and when they are not pushed a little bit further in development a lot of attention is paid towards buffing them up that said i think that they have learned their issues here they did mention they're getting about twice as much testing on season pass cards going forward as they had previously so no i I basically if you're suggesting that second dinner is so stupid that they don't understand that play rate is impacted by how many people own the card, I just don't know what to tell you. I don't think they're that stupid. I think they would have to be impossibly dumb.
0: Can you imagine if it was just the second dinner's sort of data data analyst was just some intern ripping through stats on a snap fan? <laughs> Like a guy who's
1: like, yo, the play rate is crazy. thing I want to name check here. (laughs) What other thing I want to name check here is I think people are, I think this comment is based on a couple comments they've made about specifically one card, Mm -hmm. which is Galactus. They want Galactus's play rate to be low, but that's not an accurate description of what they said about Galactus, which is his play rate and win rate. Like, like here's, here's the thing. When a deck is very common and still has a high win rate, that can be indicative of an issue because it's common and still winning all the time. And the reason that's like kind of a a weird thing is. When you play mirrors, your win rate by definition is pulled down to 50 percent because one person playing the deck Mm -hmm. wins and one person playing the deck loses. So when a deck is a big part of the metagame and still has a high win rate, you have to be like, okay, that's actually that's kind of messed up because it's being dragged down to 50 percent. What is its win rate outside of mirrors? Is that an actual problem? And that's when play rate impacts this. And I think that's kind of what they mean when they talk about cards like Galactus. Like, all right, Galactus has like a play rate of like 10% and a win rate of like 54, which means his Hmm. actual win rate against non-Galactus decks is actually higher than that 54. So I think... Basically, yeah, I don't think they're stupid. Yeah, I don't think they're stupid, and I feel like this question is asking, "Do you think second dinner is stupid?" And my answer is, "No, I don't. Well, I don't think they're stupid."
0: Listening to your stats, I think there's only one one deduction that can be made. If, if Galactus had a ten percent, Nerf rate. Galactus? No, it's just so that people that play Galactus are just smarter, right? They're just better players. And, oh, yeah. right. Yes, yep. no, yep. so this is the only logical deduction that can be made there. Anyway, yeah, uh, no, I I think I, I don't know. That question
1: feels like it's informed by like a game of telephone almost, <laughs> and I, I'd like to know. I'd I'd like to
0: know what it's based on. Well, technically it wasn't a question, so to be fair to mix and Loki. True. All right. Next one is Mitchell. They say question. Oh, they actually prefaced it with question. Mobius returning to counter Loki. Didn't happen as much as we would think, but the nerf to in and, and the nerf to three power for Alioth to account for Doombot and leaked upcoming cards designed to counter Killmonger. All have me wondering, is there a card that's lacking in counterplay that you would like to see get opposition from the new releases? And what what would you do? Over to you. If that did that make sense? I know I kind of read that out like a yeah.
1: No, word. what they're asking is, is there some sort of new kind of counter card that you'd like to see in Marvel Snap? And um, I, I this sounds stupid because it's not like it's a necessary card, but a card I would like is a card that just stops my opponents from playing Hella <laughs> <laughs> like, That's that's a card. That's a card I would like. I would like just like like it's not necessary, but I just want it to exist. I want to like it's like right now it's like like it feels like there's just nothing you can do to interact with them on any axis it's yeah. just like oh did they do the thing I'm dead cool maybe I can try to snipe their hello with a Cosmo just, but it like, doesn't really do anything yeah. like give me a card that says cards that are discarded can't come back
0: yeah is really balanced though because if you know they're on Hella. Oh,
1: yeah, she's balanced in that she sucks leaf, but like yeah. it's
0: still annoying yeah, you just, yeah. You just, but listen to hear this one out you have a card, you you play a card, it's a one one, and it says Okay, if your opponent copies this card, all other cards or something, they obviously would be word like that, become rocks. So it's like you have this like really bad card in your deck, it's a one one, but if it gets copied or your opponent steals it somehow, it makes their entire hand rocks. Isn't that just viper bait? Is that viper bait? Well, let me think. Not not they play it on the board, like they copy it. So it'd be like oh, <laughs> it's like a it's like a okay. Loki silver bullet that just exists in your no, deck. No, I think that would suck. Of I course, think that would suck. Of course it would suck. That would be terrible. But that would be freaking hilarious. <laughs> that would be funny, yeah. I would love there to be a little bit of a gamble, or more of a gamble when you play Loki potentially, but I mean Look, he's probably yeah,
1: the issue with a card like that is you'd have to staple it onto something that R also does something else or it'll be unplayable, right? Well, like, I think that that would be it's the, gotta be
0: that'd be the push and pull, right? Is you'd have to make the card like really, really bad. It'd have to be borderline unplayable. Yeah. It'd be a, like a meta... But it's a silver bullet card, right? So it's just going to make all of your opponent... Look, your opponent... Uh, well, look like, at like, what's happening with current
1: Mobius now, right? Like, Mobius is like a silver bullet card, but since it's not stapled to, like, a body that's good value and it's not doing anything else, it's kind of unplayable. Yeah. And so that is awkward right like if you try to make a counter card the one that got leaked is called like Kyera. it's a three four that says one and six cost cards cannot be destroyed and it's it's got that's an ongoing ability and it's like that's awesome and i really like it and also i don't know if it's any good (laughs) <laughs> it's, what, uh, what are the stats again? it's like uh what i want to play it in is thanos lockjaw though i think that's that's like like thanos lockjaw deck that loses to killmonger and is entirely composed of one in six drops True. <laughs> like that's that's where i like her but True. like i i don't know i don't know i uh but like that like as far as that like give me a card that's like three four cards that are discarded just go away forever so like no swarm no apoc none of that give me a card that's like that give me that <laughs> no swarm no apoc no ghost rider no hella. they're just gone He's every card give me every card
0: that gets discarded is actually exiled now dude the only time i ever play discard cards is at the uh at the end of every season when i need to satisfy my discard threshold to finish the quest and that's i know always it's my not a quest. thing that
1: actually needs a counter i just i'm sick of losing like not even losing to hella i'm sick of playing against hella Mm. (laughs) yeah i just feel like there should be something to interact with that we have like uh we have mobius to
0: interact with mr negative right like why isn't there something i can do about hella my theory is that they love hella because it is just an on rails timmy deck that does the thing and any any smart player would absolutely retreat before the hella is played (laughs) so it's just like this like timmy deck that beats up on on players i guess that don't expect it all right next one is from richie they say is it wrong to say that sarah uh sarah zabu and cost reduction cards are are paying for Loki's sins and mobi and mobius yes. would be less impactful if loki didn't reduce cost
1: yes yeah. it is wrong to say that because they're not paying for his sins because mobius sucks yeah are we done here <laughs> like, I
0: mean, this is a last week comment to be fair but yeah uh,
1: yeah no, i know it's just like like I, it's just one of those things where it's like guys please just wait to see how the thing plays out where it's like all right look yes If if it turns out three cost Mobius was everywhere, you could say, you know, yeah, Sarah and Zabu decks are paying for Loki sins. But I think the other thing is like, why the fuck shouldn't they have counterplay? This is one of the things that like I don't think like I've never heard had properly explained to me. It's like, why shouldn't there be counterplay to cost reduction? Mm. It's fucking everywhere. Just because some cost reduction sucks doesn't mean that there shouldn't be counterplay to good cost reduction. It's like saying like, oh, doesn't Shang-Chi counter She-Hulk? Why would they make a card that counters She-Hulk? She's already not very good. And it's like, well it counters everything in that range, right? Like, eat the good cards and the bad cards. And every card, like, like, oh, why would they make a card like Enchantress? It counters my ghost. And it's like, well, hold on now, (laughs) like, like, I just think that, like, yeah, every tech card has a range of stuff it is good against. Right. It's not only good against one thing. The cards that it's tacking against tend like, yeah, the tech cards tend to be used mostly against the best stuff that they beat, because that's why you play a tech card. Right. Am I, am I way off base here or does this just like is this just like like. Do you understand what I'm getting at here? I almost feel like I'm not explaining
0: it right. Mm. <laughs> so I think that, you know, in the previous iteration of Mobius, people that were playing Zabu and Sarah were probably frustrated because the number one hate, bar- the, at least the current number one hate bear card against them was one of the most played cards because Loki was so prevalent and Mobius was an efficient right. body. But as Mobius becomes less efficient, it's not. But like, is was it was not wrong well, previously? What I'm getting
1: at is, is like every tech card hits a range of stuff. Right. It's like saying that, like, other things that Shang-Chi hits are paying for the sins of werewolf by night or whatever. You know what I mean? Paying for the sins of
0: Vanilla Hulk.
1: (laughs) Right. No, like, like it's like saying, no, it's like saying Vanilla Hulk is paying for the sins of Dark Hawk or whatever. Right. Like, it's like everything that something like that hits. Is going to run a gamut from good to bad. Right? It's like saying Scorpion is paying for the sins of High Evo when Luke Cage exists, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's like every card that does something specific tech-wise hits a range of things from good to bad. Yep. And in some sense, all the bad ones are paying for the sins of the good ones, right? Like that's how it works. The tech card being playable is predicated on how
0: well it matches up into the good ones. Because those are the ones you see. Yep. No, I think that that's totally fair. Uh, and like you said, it's a range. Like, it's, it's, like, a, it's a range. Of I good don't to know bad. why
1: it's only it, But it's like only an issue when it's cost reduction. No one says that about anything else. It's only an issue when it's cost reduction. This is never a conversation we've had about Shang-Chi or Enchantress or Moby or not Mobius <laughs> or Luke Cage or Shadow King or anything else. It's only about cost reduction when we have this conversation where it's like, oh, they're paying for the sins of the other thing. And it's like, that's every tech card. Every tech card, if it's playable, is playable because it matches up well into the best thing.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's because like Sarah and Zabu, uh, they fall into the umbrella of cost reduction, right? But they're almost looked at as like their own archetypes in a sense. Like Zabu is an archetype. Sarah is an archetype in a sense. Not not that that's correct, but people, they You know those decks, like those cards, individually have their own identity to like an entire set of decks, right? There are there are Zabu decks, plural. There are Sarah decks, plural. Yeah. But there's not a lot of, um, I don't know, Scorpion decks or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I think
1: that's probably it. It's just like it's something that's always struck me as weird because, like, by definition, yeah. But it's also not a problem, right? Like, the Tech card is always only ever going to be playable if it matches up well into the best thing that it texts against. That's how it works. And I mean, luckily, Mobius does not match up well into like any of those things. <laughs> so we don't have to worry about it. But like, yeah, I think I think it's just weird that like that, I guess, frame of discussion came to prominence because it's like. Why shouldn't there be a tech card for Zabu and Sarah? What are you mm. What are you talking about? Like, why should there not be a tech card for Mister Negative again? Like, what are you talking about? This um, just because a deck is like kind of bad doesn't mean there shouldn't be any way to interact with it.
0: This is uh this 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 for some reason it's kind of non sequitur, but this this prompts a question from me. I'm gonna sneak into the bended Snap this 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 week, and I have a question for you. What deck that has existed in Marvel Snap? would you i don't know is what deck or deck archetype that has ever existed is your favorite and would you want to play um throughout all the history so i think back and we'll say almost regardless of power level say that it could be it it would compete at the highest power level right now because for me um i don't know why but multiple questions have prompted me to remind me of my favorite deck uh in marvel snapper one of them i think it's maybe balanced but the one that was the most shit that I loved the most, which is Death Wave, which just does not exist anymore. It is effectively, in my opinion, the jund of Marvel Snap, and it even was back in the day when I was playing it. Um, what, what would be your deck, Cam? What, what is like your favorite deck that has ever existed in Snap? I don't have one. It's
1: mm. so, uh, spoken like I just a don't. true rank
0: 69 player.
1: No, I just like the game Marvel Snap. I don't have a favorite deck. I'm not like a play style guy. All Marvel snap decks mostly feel the same to me. And sometimes you want a different experience, right? Sometimes you want to play take a million game actions, right? Like you love want to play balance or mm-hmm. Loki or whatever. And sometimes you want to play like, you know, leech leader and just not actually think about anything and play like one card a turn. Like they're they're different experiences. And I guess I just don't have a real preference for any of them.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Cause I feel like I definitely have a an affinity towards certain archetypes and i do find some decks uh when they're the most dominant to be like super boring
1: (laughs) for instance like there are some that i don't like playing right Mm -hmm. uh typically the decks i like playing are decks that don't like i tend to dislike playing combo decks right but outside of that you know specific niche of uh decks that completely fall apart when you don't do a specific thing Uh, Other than that, I really have no preferences, I think Mm. Um, I can just have fun doing whatever
0: yep all right the last one here is from kai singh um i bring it up because it made me laugh and i want to get your a pulse from you on the validity of it they say damn brendan don't let them fool you with that pr just because brode and glenn seem like nice people doesn't mean they're not leading figures in a multi-million dollar dollar company that has very well educated folks taking care of monetization because i uh this is in reference to us speaking last week or me specifically where i was like. It just it feels so weird with I the Mobius nerf felt weird because like we had Glenn on here and like it was so incongruent with his all of his talk on like how he balanced the game and what is motivating him. And I was like, it's it feels bizarre that it would be because the previous Mobius nerf felt like it was motivated by a mon- a monetary reason. And I was like, that just feels incongruent with you know that what they put out as people. Um and this person was just reminding me that yeah, they had, they have very well-educated folks taking care of monetization you have any thoughts on that on that comment i think the person is right yeah but
1: i also think that you know what you were expressing is not directly addressed by what they're saying which is to say you were expressing disbelief that they would do something like this with the intent of milking money from their player base and that is congruent with what they have said and their actions they took afterwards right like that is your your disbelief was well founded that said yeah you shouldn't forget that these this is a multi million dollar business and that fundamentally when someone like that comes on our podcast they are doing a pr thing right like and that it is a you know whether i not to say that i don't greatly appreciate it or that what they're doing is not, you know, awesome for me or that I, even that I disbelieve any of the things that they say, I think, but I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if they didn't think it would be good PR, they wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if, if Glenn didn't think it would be good for the company to come on our podcast, I don't think he would do it. And so, Obviously, they'll come on here when they have good things to say. Right. Does that make
0: sense? Makes sense.
1: Uh... So, like, I don't think it's I don't think I don't think you need to be like overly conspiratorial about it, like the person seems to be doing. But, like, I think, you know, if if you're Glenn and you want to get a message across to a wide swath of the community focused on, like, you know, your hardcore players, then it makes a ton of sense to come on my podcast. Right. But That is, you know, fundamentally about PR. And that's not to say, again, that anything they say is untrue. Just that's what it is, right?
0: Yeah, I do. uh, Sort of irrelevant to the original prompt, but I do hope (laughs) in the future that Marvel staff becomes more approachable and cheaper. And a bit less aggressive on the monetization side, because I do think that the the card game or the gameplay is unmatched, at least in the industry right now. I don't think that will be forever, Uh, because surely plenty of people will copy them. Because I feel like I've said a million times, especially in interviews, that I feel like they invented a a new genre almost. But right now, um, you know, I've I've definitely expressed for me was how what a pain point it is to keep up with some sometimes with, with all the new cards and just the heavy monetization and, you know, in the context of last week's Mobius nerf, which is where it really hit home. It's just, I think that the game could ultimately progress to a state where it's more affordable. And uh, yeah, hopefully there could be a better sort of a better relationship, more symbiotic relationship between the company and the player base. Cause I think a lot of the player base right now feels like we kind of get milked. Like, I think even outside, I don't of the- think it's a lot, honestly, like I think. I
1: think it's a pretty significant portion, but I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's a lot because I think the percentage of the player base that like posts on Reddit or listens to this or whatever is a pretty minuscule percentage, but who knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, the amount of people that play this game as a traditional mobile game like ultra casually that are in no way plugged into the, the community, Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, etc. Yeah. I one I, I I assume it's the majority, but I, I wonder how big that number might actually be. Because it, it's it's a, it's like one of the most popular mobile games, right?
1: As I understand it, yes. And I think the Imitators might be farther behind than you think when you think about it, right? Because like Blizzard just released Warcraft Rumble, <laughs> and that's a Clash Royale imitator, right? Yeah, and it's like that came out in 2023. Like how far behind is Marvel Snap? We're gonna get that at Blizzard Marvel Snap in 2026. That's far off, right? <laughs> like, yeah, dude. I. There was a. Sub- by the way, I actually played a little bit of Rumble, a little bit aside here, and it's like, oh, this seems fun, and then I realized that like I literally don't even have the APM to play this.
0: Oh really? <laughs> um, it's actually, yes. yes. Dude. Uh, I think you could get it it's it's not that it's not that tough like uh in terms of apm it definitely it's pretty slow unless you're playing like a, a cycle deck i guess there is a lot of moving no, the no no no.
1: i mean apm like okay i need to drop a quill board to draw aggro to this specific thing right yeah i need to drop a quill board to protect my huntress Or i'm it's, fucking
0: terrible it at is it. a dexterity <laughs> game for sure it is it, there's, yes. a, there's a little bit of uh like agility that goes in um it's super funny. So yeah, again, circling back to Warcraft Rumble, the the PVE campaign, if you stay free to play, is is genuinely pretty good. Like it's a good free to play experience.
1: I spent like forty bucks. That's it's a deep, fun. That's,
0: yeah, that uh, it is fun. Um, I think that yeah, their monetization is just very aggressive, and then the PvP is uh, is definitely. Uh, two, it, it, it crosses my threshold of pay to win. Uh, that being said, we had a funny comment from one of our OG, our OG listeners, uh, Purple, Purple Latipus. <laughs> he said, "I don't, I don't know what you mean, Brendan, by uh, by comp- Mar- Warcraft Rumble not having competitive integrity. It has plenty of competitive integrity for sale in the shop. I, I get notifications all the time <laughs> <laughs> of bundles willing to sell, willing and ready to sell me competitive integrity, <laughs> which I thought was freaking hilarious." Um, yeah, yeah, that game is super interesting. Uh, I'm because I played it a lot in the beta. I did the old blue stacks VPN to freaking Canada or whatever and created an well,
1: account Hacker Man over hacker here, Hacker
0: Man, yeah, <laughs> it's like some like 90s hacker movie. Um, so I've been yep. playing it for a while, and yeah, I'm interested to see where it lands because right now it's super popular, super popular on Twitter. Um, uh, yeah i just don't know if it's going to be i feel like that. it's
1: less popular than i thought it would be yeah which way, is weirding
0: me out way less popular than i thought it would be because you look at clash Royale, it's like one of the biggest mobile games of all, all time many yeah. youtubers were building like million plus multi-million subscriber bases off that game warcraft rumble does not feel like that game at all at all do you know why though like here's
1: here's why i think or at least it, it's why what's preventing me from getting super into it mm. there's no pc client. i can't stream this game
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um. I mean. I guess like, it's, it's I, not. I, I easy can't to stream. stream it. I think, And that means, like, what's the point? I wonder if that game genre is just not. It's just not as novel as it was back when Clash Royale was as popular as it used to be. You know, if the, if the market was, is just not in the mood for something like that, especially in the context of. I don't know. It's weird too because bl- the the Warcraft universe is... Phenomenal. Um, It's a well-established IP. People love that IP, but I also think that people in general are pretty jaded with Blizzard. Like, Blizzard is, uh, for some intensive purposes, a pretty terrible company (laughs) nowadays. uh, Like, i I don't agree with that and that's not just because i have friends who work there i have friends who work there (laughs) as well i guess i
1: should say friend i have friend who works there
0: yeah i have friends that work there i just i really disagree with a lot of a lot of the choices they make and i think that they make like effective what feels like to me as a previous extremely hardcore blizzard game player and uh fan uh just like soulless games that just kind of they just fall on their face, and then the monetization is just aggressive. They there's a different company than yeah. used to be. That being said, they made some pretty incredible changes. I, mean, like, I do think,
1: I do think that after Diablo Immortal, it's very easy to look at a Blizzard game and just be like, Oh, look, it's another Blizzard mobile game with aggressive
0: monetization. Uh, Never seen that before. Don't, don't get me started <laughs> like, on Diablo 4. I mean, that thing was one of the right, biggest disappointments. like, I, like
1: it, it, it does feel like that a little bit, but like, I, I'm just, I guess, I'm just not someone who's exposed overwhelmingly to Blizzard games. When I got back into my BattleNet account i actually went and checked and the only two blizzard games i've ever installed are hearthstone and uh warcraft rumble
0: oh yeah i played all of them i so i used to i used to play a lot a lot of world of warcraft um and then i came back to to real life i mean i played you know like 12 whatever years and then uh i was doing the like the rating and the wait
1: is that why you're jacked now is that your origin story were you like a fat world of warcraft player
0: no um no, definitely not. Like, actually, <laughs> it was kind of the opposite. It was like, I stopped playing World of Warcraft in, in, in college, and then I got fat after college because... Uh, was, oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was playing... Basically, this is like this is like the, the most classic uh, origin story for getting out of shape is like, I went to college, I was in shape, I started playing rugby, I kind of got a little bit of injuries, like, you know, like my back was kind of fucked up a bit, and then I had some shin splint issues, and... Yeah, I just, like, stopped playing rugby, and then... Oh, and then you just kept eating yes. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is not ideal. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the origin story. Anyway... Um, yeah,
1: I, I, if I stopped going to the gym, I would be, like, 350 pounds, I think.
0: Yeah, it, it, it happens quick. So, the biggest one for me is um, nobody really told me, too, which was kind of frustrating. You know, I thought I was just husky. I thought I was big-boned, you know, all that good stuff. And then one day, you know... The friend just somebody somebody said to me, and I was like, shit, you're right. Damn. <laughs> I'm kind of pissed at I'm everybody fat. around. I'm me. fat
1: right now. Everyone tells me that I'm not, and like, like they're fucking insane, right? Like everyone's like, Oh, you lift, you're just big. And it's like, no, no, I'm fat. I also lift. Those are two different things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a- <laughs> yes, I did spend yesterday <laughs> pause repping 275 a lot. Yes, I did do that. Okay, but. Fine, but I'm still fat.
0: <laughs> it's just so funny because that was the same shit that I used to hear. And then one day, I swear to God, one day someone just told me and I was, was like, I, I was just so disappointed that I was surprised at that point. I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say I will,
1: I will not be surprised when someone says. <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyway, someone
1: let's... called me. Someone called me on stream. Someone said he looks like a chubby Adolf. That was a
0: good one. What the fuck? Yeah. Wait, I didn't <laughs> It must be what is it? Eight. That doesn't even make sense. Like I don't understand. What do you
1: mean? Are you actually struggling to figure that out? There's one famous Adolf,
0: man. I know which one they're referring to, but I'm trying to okay. <laughs> I'm trying to reconcile the likeness here. And I'm like,
1: "Oh, yeah, no, I think they were just trying to be
0: mean, and okay. I have like the haircut. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably the haircut. It's probably the haircut.
1: I think they, I think they were, think they were pretty, just very much just trying to be mean. But that that one, that one made me laugh because <laughs> it's like so low effort. It's so low effort, and it's just like so, uh, that that one, that one's like it's so, shit.
0: It's genuinely so <laughs> random. as <It's> well. <so, laughs> yeah.
1: It's, <laughs> like, it's like one of those things where, like, halfway through the joke, you forget you're telling a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god! Uh, anyway, let's uh let's hit let's hit at least one one deck here. Uh, I pulled three okay. off your Twitter. Wh- which one would you like to highlight? Destroy Deadpool. Which ones Loki. did you pull? All of them. All of them, baby. Shuri, Loki, oh. Destroy Deadpool. Uh I think you could pick whichever one. Honestly, uh, let's go Deadpool. I think
1: that the Twitter post is a pretty good cross section. Um. My guess would be you'd start with Loki and Dark Hawk Bounce. Mm.
0: How, how, and then
1: Destroy. It'd probably be those three.
0: Yeah, Destroy is not, not a deck we talk about too much. So I'm just going to hit on that one. So for the list okay. here, we've got Deadpool, Forge, Nico, X23, Carnage, Wolverine, Killmonger, Venom, Hulkbuster, Zola, Null, Death. I mean, how playable is this deck actually at? at high elo or mid to high elo we'll say.
1: Extremely extremely, extremely
0: playable What um What has what changed what, what, Like what? what? <laughs> yeah, is, have any conditions changed? Like what What sort of
1: and, and No, it's a good deck and if you get the draw two off Nico, you're the best deck in the game <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty much how it goes, right? You get the draw two off Nico and you just like immediately start shitting on everyone. You don't get the draw two off Nico and you're like still a pretty solid deck, right? Yeah. I'm like sure. you're you go, but like that that draw two brings you from like a minus to S plus, right? Like when you hit that draw two off a of deadpool, it's just like Jesus fucking Christ, I'm so dead. And it's even better because there's like a bunch of Dark Hawk decks running around right now. It's like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice Dark Hawk bounce deck. I've got killmonger and a draw two. <laughs> like it's it's something, I'll say that. Right. Like, oh nice Black Widow, I'll carnage it. You know? A lot of just like stuff that it does matches up well. There's big people playing claw. It's, it's good in the clog. Obviously, there's people playing Loki. It has a non embarrassing Loki matchup. The Loki player really needs to get specific stuff mm-hmm. off of the Loki in order for it to be a good card. You need like the null. You need the death. That's typically about the range you need to be in. If you want to say you have a reasonable Loki matchup, you need to have like maybe one or two good hits from them. And otherwise, all your cards need to be totally fucking useless. Destroy fulfills that pretty well. Dark Hawk bounce fulfills that pretty well and i think that that is uh kind of why they're good like these are decks that do not instantly lose to the card loki so that's solid they're decks that have solid interaction for other things that are commonly being played uh in the case of dark hawk bounce and destroy both of them are very good into like you know clog stuff because of beast falcon and be in destroy because of the entire deck they're good into various like like they both run Nico, so they're both good into like dark type stuff like there's just there's just a lot that these decks do right in the current metagame and most of it is having a proactive game plan that does not immediately lose to loki but also allows you to not be in the cerebro 3 spot right Mm -hmm. where cerebro 3 beat loki and beat nothing else these decks are actually functional decks into other matchups and also they don't instantly lose to loki
0: yep i mean that was a good pitch. I mean, I'm so, it's, it's so funny how the, the, the Loki dynamic with, you know, you need them, obviously you have good cards you can give them in the form of null and death, but you know, you give them a cardage, uh, an X-23, a Wolverine. It's, it's, it's not as impressive as what Loki players are used to getting and sort of playing at below curve against you. So yeah, makes sense on why it would be, it would be good. Anyway, anything else you want to end with, uh, this week, Cam? before we close it out? Uh,
1: gratitude. We're approaching a year of podcasting, so thank you for reaching out to do this, and thanks to everyone who listens to us. We passed a hundred thousand total downloads, which is insane. Um, I'm very grateful for
0: what I've got. Yeah, and I really appreciate it. We should um for the for the 52nd episode, we should talk about the origin story of the snapshot because I think it's actually pretty funny. It's, uh, i don't even know that we could talk about it now there's nothing funny about it it's just it's just quite it's quite random it's quite random um like basically okay. came and i were connected through so i came from podcasting from a completely different game actually like a not even very much adjacent game in flesh and blood so a physical tcg and i just love marvel Snap, so i was pretty interested and i was looking out for people to potentially Do a podcast with. I had never done a second podcast. I only had the one. So I had I mean I had an idea of how to do it. I just didn't know if you could replicate that model and it would be successful in a in a different game in a different market. But I just really liked the game. And I reached out to Brian Gottlieb initially. And apparently he's like, I can't do it because I don't have time because he's like the lead designer, flesh and blood now. He's like, but I got this friend and he's the best player in the game. I was like, okay. And basically me and me and Cam, we had a combo. Uh, I pitched on the idea. And he was like, I don't know, but I'll give it a try. <laughs> and then we just sent it and it kind of, I don't know, yep. it all worked and out. And we've been sending it ever since. Sending it ever since. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out pretty well. It's, it's pretty incredible to get to a year. Um, Cause I think that in Marvel Snap, like when I think about Marvel Snap podcasts and the ones that exist, they're mostly the ones that have existed, <laughs> you know, like uh, the, the Snapchat, like, I guess I don't consume that much Marvel Snap content, but it, it looks like everybody's kind of doing well, but I'll tell you coming from Flesh and Blood, like podcasting is definitely a game of attrition. Like in Flesh and Blood, we're at two and a half years-ish and pretty much everybody else that started around the time we started or even after has quit, has left for one reason or another. So it's a, it's a long game. So getting to a year is a big achievement. So. I'm happy to be here as well. And it uh, wouldn't be without you, snapshot listeners, especially the ones that comment on YouTube and give us all that juicy content to go over.
1: I, I'm trying to get Brian to do. Did you see my video with uh, BBD? Uh, the Magic Pro guesses how good cards oh, are. Oh, yeah. Videos. yeah, yeah. I, I saw a little. I'm I, trying to get Brian to do one of those. Trying to bully him into it. I'm actually going to
0: see Brian this weekend, so if people, which as tell you, him to do it, yeah, I, tell
1: him to do it. He said he would do it, but he also said he would do it like later. Yeah, so don't actually bully him into it. I'll be sitting. But, I'll be sitting next uh, to him. Yeah, just like pass him a note like, <laughs> that says "Do KM's
0: YouTube." Um, <laughs> yeah. So, just for people listening, the reason why you're looking at my uh, my stoic unmoving face right now is because i'm actually in barcelona for and blood worlds which is happening in uh
1: oh i just thought you got really good at doing ventriloquism yeah
0: ventriloquism i'm just you know i'm very focused right now uh yeah but yeah barcelona for fab worlds will be casting and uh brian's gonna be here as well so i'll be i'll be sure to say hi for you anyway for those of you listening the number one thing you can do if you're a snapshot pod fan if you're a listener is leave us a review you can do it on spotify or Apple Podcasts. There's a video version of this on YouTube at youtube.com slash at the underscore snapshot. Hit that like, subscribe while you're there. We're both on Twitter, Brendan APG, KM SMS, and Cam is streaming. Cam, what is your Twitch schedule?
1: Uh, the upcoming week, because of Twitch drops, it's going to be much more like every day I will be online playing Marvel Snap at 6 p.m. and later, right? Uh, but also because of Twitch drops, I might start earlier, etc. Things like that. So during Twitch drops, I will be online in the evenings for Americans playing Marvel Snap. Come collect your Punisher variant. Give me your Twitch primes, all that kind of stuff. You know, thank you. So much, sincerely. And it's actually insane. Cause like, have we ever even missed a week? Never. But I never.
0: I oh I have never missed a week, ever. <laughs> uh I, I mean, Oof. that was actually in like I remember when we had not to not to detract too much but i remember we had our first conversation that was the only thing i asked is that we'd never miss a week because for me that's just the most important i don't even remember that yeah that was like you're like what do you need from me (laughs) i I was like he's he's like what do you need from me i was like just don't miss don't miss because if you miss once you're gonna miss again and yeah that's why rain shine uh barcelona or not we're hitting these pods every single week anyway thank you all so much for listening we'll see you next week